chapter sixteen of the ladies book of etiquette and manual of politeness by florence hartley this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by christine lamberton chapter sixteen polite deportment and good habits lord chesterfield says good sense and good nature suggest civility in general but in good breeding there are a thousand little delicacies which are established only by custom it is the knowledge and practice of such little delicacies which constitutes the greatest charm of society manner may be and in most cases probably is the cloak of the heart this cloak may be used to cover defects but is it not better so to conceal these defects than to flaunt and parade them in the eyes of all whom we may meet many persons plead a love of truth as an apology for rough manners as if truth was never gentle and kind but always harsh morose and forbidding surely good manners and a good conscience are no more inconsistent with each other than beauty and innocence which are strikingly akin and always look the better for companionship roughness and honesty are indeed sometimes found together in the same person but he is a poor judge of human nature who takes ill manners to be a guarantee of probity of character some persons object to politeness that its language is unmeaning and false but this is easily answered a lie is not locked up in a phrase but must exist if at all in the mind of the speaker in the ordinary compliments of civilized life there is no intention to deceive and consequently no falsehood polite language is pleasant to the ear and soothing to the heart while rough words are just the reverse and if not the product of ill temper are very apt to produce it the plainest of truths let it be remembered can be conveyed in civil speech while the most malignant lies may find utterance and often do in the language of the fish market many ladies say oh i am perfectly frank and outspoken i never stop to mince words or there is no affectation about me all my actions are perfectly natural and upon the ground of frankness will insult and wound by rude language and defend awkwardness and ill-breeding by the plea of natural manners if nature has not invested with you all the virtues which may be desirable in a lady do not make your faults more conspicuous by thrusting them forward upon all occasions and at all times assume a virtue if you have it not 
and you will in time by imitation acquire it by endeavouring to appear generous disinterested self-sacrificing and amiable the opposite passions will be brought into subjection first in the manner afterwards in the heart it is not the desire to deceive but the desire to please which will dictate such a course when you hear one who pretends to be a lady boast that she is rough capricious and gluttonous you may feel sure that she has never tried to conquer these faults or she would be ashamed not proud of them the way to make yourself pleasing to others is to show that you care for them the whole world is like the miller at mansfield who cared for nobody no not he because nobody cared for him and the whole world will serve you so if you give them the same cause let every one therefore see that you do care for them by showing them what sterne so happily calls the small sweet courtesies of life those courtesies in which there is no parade whose voice is too still to tease and which manifest themselves by tender and affectionate looks and little kind acts of attention giving others the preference in every little enjoyment at the table in the field walking sitting or standing thus the first rule for a graceful manner is unselfish consideration of others by endeavouring to acquire the habit of politeness it will soon become familiar and sit on you with ease if not with elegance let it never be forgotten that genuine politeness is a great fosterer of family love it allays accidental irritation by preventing harsh retorts and rude contradictions it softens the boisterous stimulates the indolent suppresses selfishness and by forming a habit of consideration for others harmonizes the whole politeness begets politeness and brothers may be easily won by it to leave off the rude ways they bring home from school or college sisters ought never to receive any little attention without thanking them for it never to ask a favour of them but in courteous terms never to reply to their questions in monosyllables and they will soon be ashamed to do such things themselves both precept and example ought to be laid under contribution to convince them that no one can have really good manners abroad who is not habitually polite at home if you wish to be a well-bred lady you must carry your good manners everywhere with you it is not a thing that can be laid aside and put on at pleasure true politeness is uniform disinterestedness in trifles 
accompanied by the calm self-possession which belongs to a noble simplicity of purpose and this must be the effect of a christian spirit running through all you do or say or think and unless you cultivate it and exercise it upon all occasions and towards all persons it will never be a part of yourself it is not an art to be paraded upon public occasions and neglected in everyday duties nor should it like a ball dress be carefully laid aside at home trimmed ornamented and worn only when out let it come into every thought and it will show forth in every action let it be the rule in the homeliest duties and then it will set easily when in public not in a stiff manner like a garment seldom worn i wish it were possible to convince every woman that politeness is a most excellent good quality that it is a necessary ingredient in social comfort and a capital assistant to actual prosperity like most good things however the word politeness is often misunderstood and misapplied and before urging the practical use of that which it represents it may be necessary to say what it means and what it does not mean politeness is not hypocrisy cold-heartedness or unkindness in disguise there are persons who can smile upon a victim and talk smoothly while they injure deceive or betray and they will take credit to themselves that all has been done with the utmost politeness that every tone look and action has been in perfect keeping with the rules of good breeding the words of their mouth are smoother than butter but war is in their heart their words are softer than oil yet are they drawn swords perish for ever and ever such spurious politeness as this politeness is not servility if it were so a russian serf would be a model of politeness it is very possible for persons to be very cringing and obsequious without a single atom of politeness and it often happens that men of the most sturdy independence of character are essentially polite in all their words actions and feelings it were well for this to be fully understood for many people will abstain from acts of real politeness and even of common civility for fear of damaging their fancied independence true politeness as i understand it is kindness and courtesy of feeling brought into everyday exercise 
it comprehends hearty good will towards everybody thorough and constant good humour an easy deportment and obliging manners every person who cultivates such feelings and takes no pains to conceal them will necessarily be polite though she may not exactly know it while on the other hand a woman essentially morose and selfish whatever may be her pretensions must be very far from truly polite it is very true there are those whose position in society compels them to observe certain rules of etiquette which pass for politeness they bow or curtsy with a decent grace shake hands with the precise degree of vigour which the circumstances of the case require speak just at the right time and in the right manner and smile with elegant propriety not a tone look or gesture is out of place not a habit indulged which etiquette forbids and yet there will be wanting after all the secret charm of sincerity and heart kindness which those outward signs are intended to represent and wanting which we have only the form without the essence of politeness let me recommend therefore far beyond all the rules ever penned by teachers of etiquette the cultivation of kind and loving feelings throw your whole soul into the lesson and you will advance rapidly towards the perfection of politeness for out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh and the movements of your form and the words you utter will follow faithfully the hidden springs of action within there cannot be genuine good breeding to any happy degree where there is not self-respect it is that which imparts ease and confidence to our manners and impels us for our own sake as well as for the sake of others to behave becomingly as intelligent beings it is a want of true politeness that introduces the discord and confusion which too often make our homes unhappy a little consideration for the feelings of those whom we are bound to love and cherish and a little sacrifice of our own wills would in multitudes of instances make all the difference between alienation and growing affection the principle of genuine politeness would accomplish this and what a pity it is that those whose only spring of rational enjoyment is to be found at home should miss that enjoyment by a disregard of little things which after all make up the sum of human existence what a large amount of actual discomfort in domestic life would be prevented if all children were trained 
both by precept and example to the practice of common politeness if they were taught to speak respectfully to parents and brothers and sisters to friends neighbors and strangers what bawlings and snarlings would be stilled if their behavior within doors and especially at the table were regulated by a few of the common rules of good breeding how much natural and proper disgust would be spared if courtesy of demeanour towards all whom they meet in field or highway were instilled how much more pleasant would be our town travels and our rustic rambles every parent has a personal interest in this matter and if every parent would but make the needful effort a great degree of gross incivility and consequent annoyance would soon be swept away from our hearths and homes whilst earnestly endeavouring to acquire true politeness avoid that spurious imitation affectation it is to genuine politeness and good breeding what the showy paste is to the pure diamond it is the offspring of a sickly taste a deceitful heart and a sure proof of low breeding the certain test of affectation in any individual is the looking speaking moving or acting in any way different when in the presence of others especially those whose opinion we regard and whose approbation we desire from what we should do in solitude or in the presence of those only whom we disregard or who we think cannot injure or benefit us the motive for resisting affectation is that it is both unsuccessful and sinful it always involves a degree of hypocrisy which is exceedingly offensive in the sight of god which is generally detected even by men and which when detected exposes its subject to contempt which could never have been excited by the mere absence of any quality or possession as it is by the false assumption of what is not real the best cure for affectation is the cultivation on principle of every good virtuous and amiable habit and feeling not for the sake of being approved or admired but because it is right in itself and without considering what people will think of it thus a real character will be formed instead of a part being assumed and admiration and love will be spontaneously bestowed where they are really deserved artificial manners are easily seen through and the result of such observations however accomplished and beautiful the object may be is contempt for such littleness many ladies moving too in good society will affect a forward bold manner 
very disagreeable to persons of sense they will tell of their wondrous feats when engaged in pursuits only suited for men they will converse in a loud boisterous tone laugh loudly sing comic songs or dashing provaders in a style only fit for the stage or a gentleman's after-dinner party they will lay wages give broad hints and then brag of their success enforcing invitations or presents interlard their conversation with slang words or phrases suited only to the stable or bar-room and this they think is a dashing fascinating manner it may be encouraged admired in their presence by gentlemen and imitated by younger ladies but be sure it is looked upon with contempt and disapproval by every one of good sense and that to persons of real refinement it is absolutely disgusting other ladies taking quite as mistaken a view of real refinement will affect the most childish timidity converse only in whispers move slowly as an invalid faint at the shortest notice and on the slightest provocation be easily moved to tears and profess never to eat drink or sleep this course is as absurd as the other and much more troublesome as everybody dreads the scene which will follow any shock to the dear creature's nerves and will be careful to avoid any dangerous topics self-respect and a proper deference for our superiors in age or intellect will be the best safeguards against either a cringing or insolent manner without self-respect you will be apt to be both awkward and bashful either of which faults are entirely inconsistent with a graceful manner be careful that while you have sufficient self-respect to make your manner easy it does not become arrogance and so engender insolence avoid sarcasm it will unconsciously to yourself degenerate into pertness and often downright rudeness do not be afraid to speak candidly but temper candor with courtesy and never let wit run into that satire that will wound deeply whilst it amuses only slightly let your carriage be at once dignified and graceful there are but few figures that will bear quick motion with almost every one its effect is that of a jerk a most awkward movement let the feet in walking or dancing be turned out slightly when you are seated rest them both on the floor or a footstool to sit with the knees or feet crossed or doubled up is awkward and unladylike carry your arms in walking easily never crossing them stiffly or swinging them beside you when seated if you are not sewing or knitting 
keep your hands perfectly quiet this whilst one of the most difficult accomplishments to attain is the surest mark of a lady do not fidget playing with your rings brooch or any little article that may be near you let your hands rest in an easy natural position perfectly quiet never gesticulate when conversing it looks theatrical and is ill-bred so are all contortions of the features shrugging of shoulders raising of the eyebrows or hands when you open a conversation do so with a slight bow and smile but be careful not to simper and not to smile too often if the conversation becomes serious never point it is excessively ill-bred avoid exclamations they are in excessively bad taste and are apt to be vulgar words a lady may express as much polite surprise or concern by a few simple earnest words or in her manner as she can by exclaiming good gracious mercy or dear me remember that every part of your person and dress should be in perfect order before you leave the dressing-room and avoid all such tricks as smoothing your hair with your hand arranging your curls pulling the waist of your dress down or settling your collar or sleeves avoid lounging attitudes they are indelicate except in your own private apartment nothing but ill health will excuse them before company and a lady had better keep her room if she is too feeble to sit up in the drawing-room let your deportment suit your age and figure to see a tiny fairy-like young girl marching erect stiff and awkwardly like a soldier on parade is not more absurd than to see a middle-aged portly woman aping the romping hoydenish manners of a schoolgirl. let the movements be easy and flexible and accord with the style of the lady let your demeanour be always marked by modesty and simplicity as soon as you become forward or affected you have lost your greatest charm of manner you should be quite as anxious to talk with propriety as you are to think work sing paint or write according to the most correct rules always select words calculated to convey an exact impression of your meaning let your articulation be easy clear correct in accent and suited in tone and emphasis to your discourse avoid a muttering mouthing stuttering droning guttural nasal or lisping pronunciation let your speech be neither too loud nor too low but adjusted to the ear of your companion try to prevent the necessity of any person crying what what 
avoid a loquacious propensity you should never occupy more than your share of the time or more than is agreeable to others beware of such vulgar interpolations as you know you see i'll tell you what pay a strict regard to the rules of grammar even in private conversation if you do not understand these rules learn them whatever be your age or station though you should always speak pleasantly do not mix your conversation with loud bursts of laughter never indulge in uncommon words or in latin and french phrases but choose the best understood terms to express your meaning above all let your conversation be intellectual graceful chaste discreet edifying and profitable end of chapter 16